Well, give me a good morning, Union Chapel. Come on, good morning. Good, good morning. And I have felt God's presence in here. What a worship time. And Waymaker, by far, I asked for that chorus, one of my favorite ever. I'm just shouting out, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. It's amazing. Well, listen, May 1st, last spring, in fact, it happened beginning in April. If you don't know me, I love tennis. I've been playing tennis since I taught myself at age 27. And I love the game, and I played it at some different high levels. I never thought this would happen to me. Those of you over 68, raise your hand. Never thought this would happen. Well, you can barely walk, you know. But uh, I, I was still playing tennis. My ankles were terrible. I was wearing wraps on them so that I could play. And uh, I always liked to kid Spencer, our, our worship leader here. I said, Spencer, you're never going to beat me. Look at me, people. So far, he hasn't. Come on, give it up, give it up, give it up. <laughs> But all of a sudden, as I started playing tennis, I would see two balls. No, I'd see double. Come on, some of you have had that happen. It was real blurry. And then I thought, Lord, help me pick the right ball. Come on. <laughs> so uh, I kept playing, uh, but it got worse and worse. And finally, I just had to humble myself and go see my doctor, who's J.D. Greenlee uh, at, at Family Vision. And he's a great tennis player. He played at Delta, amazing tennis player. So I started telling him, man, I'm not seeing the ball. And, so he took me and he said, hey, look, it's, it, it's your age. It's okay. He said, you probably have cataracts. Come on. So those of us had to face that. So, so that was easy to accept, okay? But he did some tests on me. He said, hey, it might be a little more severe than that. We're not sure. So we're going to send you a specialist out here in Bethel. So I went across uh, Family Vision up that road there to the left, and I saw uh, this surgeon. So they put me through three to four hours of testing, and I ended up back in the office, and the surgeon walked in. And he said, Mr. Wood, I don't know you. And, he, and I didn't tell him who I was or what I did. He said, I got some really bad news for you. And I said, okay. He said, put your seatbelt on. He said, you have what's called keratoconus. You know, you and me, I was thinking if you ate carrots, your eyes would get better. But I thought, what is this? Say it with me. Carrot and then taconus, okay? Taconus. I go, what is that? He goes, listen. Your cornea is protruded 7.1 stigma. He said, it's unchartable. It's unoperable, and we can't take the cataracts off your right eye. And he said, this is very serious. There's only about 12 surgeons in the whole country that do this surgery called cross-linking, and it's amazing. Uh, a very critical surgery. It only works 50% of the time. I was thinking, when's he going to give me any good news? Well, there wasn't any good news coming. And uh, so I, I never lose my humor. Come on, people, no matter how bad it gets, don't lose your humor. I said, can I try a little biblical humor on you? He said, sure, give me a try. I go, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Come on. <laughs> he laughed. Come on, go ahead and laugh. Go ahead and laugh. Okay. And then he goes, who are you, by the way? I go, look, I'm nobody. I said, look, I, I, I try not to let people know where I work to protect the church. Come on, that's what I do. <laughs> So I said, I'm over at Union Chapel, and I loved him. I said, I'm over at Union Chapel. I'm the church planting pastor. I get to help plant churches all over the, actually the world now, as you know where we are. And uh, he said, is Paris still over there? Come on, that's hilarious. You know, I love it when they call him by his last name, you know. But no, he is loved. He said, man, that man has touched so many people's lives. Isn't that cool? Come on, isn't that cool about our pastor? And so... Uh, I said, yes, he is. And I said, hey, what are my options? He said, well, listen, I've already called a specialist in Indianapolis, and he can't see you to the end of the year or probably January. This is May, people, and I've got something unchartable, and I can't see out of this eye. And so I looked at him, and you don't know this, but uh, I'm going to tell you a little quick story here. Justin Hamilton is 
the pastor in Phoenix that you guys have come alongside of. And we prayed for the largest opening ever. And three weeks ago, today's the fourth Sunday. Three weeks ago, he had 375. Then he had 350. Then he had 340 as I sat in the service last week. And people got saved. It was an amazing experience. And this is his fourth Sunday. All because of you. Come on, give it up. All because of you. And, and I'll tell you how this works. I preached my opening Sunday with 305 when I planted in Phoenix. But after I preached, we were down to 150. Come on, people. That's how, that's how it works. Then we fell in half again. Then we dropped below 100. And I thought, should I keep preaching? Come on, that's the deal. But there's such an anointing on this. And our pastor and him have had such a special uh, connection. It's, it's powerful, very powerful. So, um, so I'm, I'm talking to this surgeon. And I say, hey, if I could pull a professional favor in Phoenix, I'm not saying I can, but I lived there 20 years. I said, I have a couple surgeons in my life. They're not eye surgeons, but if I call Dr. Hernandez and Dr. Turner, could I try to do that? He looked right at me and said, absolutely. He goes, look, your insurance is Medicare and you have a supplement that's good all over the nation. By the way, little caveat, where I went to see Dr. Shaw, uh, what happened was Dr. Hernandez and Turner called and called a professional favor for me. And so she said she would see me May 17th. And so I was excited about this. I thought, at least someone's going to see me, okay? So I was ready to jump on a plane on the 16th. Now, I hope this is true of your life. I have two or three people from this congregation that pray for me every day. As I try. They pray for every plant. Sandra Stevenson, she's an amazing woman of God. Come on, give it up for Sandra. Come on, give it up. And she, she intercedes for me every day and for our pastors. And Lael and Polly Bourne, they intercede for me every day. And Sandra called me and she said, Robin, don't go to Phoenix without asking Pastor Glenn to anoint you and pray for your healing. And I knew James chapter five. I knew, I knew verse 14 and 15. I wasn't ignoring it, but I wasn't thinking about that because he told me nothing could be done. And Sandra said, please come to the church. I don't have time to teach this, but some people have gifts of healing. And this isn't about them, but he has gifts of healing and Jesus works through him. So I said, I will come and do that. So I was obedient. I showed up. They anointed me. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to let him take it from here and tell the story. It's like the gospels. I could tell my side of the story and then you might get a different side of the story from him. But I came into his office. I can picture standing in his doorway with uh, Sandra and Lael and Polly and, um, and tell him what you did. And so, Robin, you told me what was going on. Yep. And I said, well, let's pray. So would you anoint me with oil? It's just from the biblical reference. And I, I said, sure, I'm going to show you exactly what I did. And so I just made a cross on Robin's forehead. And I just prayed for him a simple prayer, something like this. Jesus, we lift up Robin before you. We ask that you'd fill him with your spirit. You bring healing to his eye in Jesus' name. Touch him, make him whole. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, when he prayed that prayer, look at me. I, I've never had this happen before or since. Incredible heat went through the right side of my face to where I bent over. It was so intense. And they didn't necessarily feel that. But I had tears in my eyes and I said, something happened. And then Glenn asked me, well, what does it look like? I'll never lose your humor. I wasn't making fun of this. I said, it's worse. It was. It was worse. I couldn't even see it all. I couldn't even see it all. Now, listen to what he said. Listen to what he said next. And so just to give you a little bit of perspective. Reference, yeah. So, so every time we pray, people say, Glenn, you have a gift of healing. I'm just not afraid to ask. And you're, so, you're not afraid to ask. So I want to encourage you not to be afraid to ask. I want you to, I want you to be in my circumstances in this moment. Yeah. 
I didn't feel anything. Robin had this heat going through his head, through his eye. I couldn't tell anything. When you're praying for somebody, sometimes you get, get what I call the juice. <laughs> you feel something going on. At least you have some kind of emotional or physical feedback that God is moving. I have nothing. And so when Robin told me, it's worse, would you pray for me again? There's a little bit of sarcasm came into my heart and mind. And I said, well, it took Jesus a couple times to pray for one guy's <laughs> eyes to get healed. Let's, let's do it again. And, so, and again, we're just, we just offer this before God. Because here's the thing. Our faith isn't in our faith. Our faith isn't in someone else's faith. Our faith is in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Our faith is in Jesus. And so if you can ask him, you've got enough faith. Because my faith was about this big. And so we prayed again, and, and the heat just oh, wow. hit Robin's eye again. In fact, I'm going to let Ben have a seat, but I went almost completely over, almost down to my knees. And this time, the heat went completely the other side of my face, and it was so intense, I was, I was crying. And uh, I said, look, something happened. And then he said again, what do you see? And I go, it is better. And all of a sudden, I blinked a couple of times, and it was still a little boy, but not much. It was better. And I said, guys, something happened. And I, and I, I said a prayer of thanks to Jesus, and then I got on a plane the next morning. Now, I love flying from, I do this all the time. I love flying from Indianapolis to Phoenix. It's a nonstop. If you get on at 5.30, you land by 6.30. Come on, people. I don't lose the day. I don't lose the day. And so I love coming home. It takes forever to get home. You, you know, you leave in the early evening, get home at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., whatever. But going there, it's just perfect. So I landed. I had never met Dr. Shaw. I showed up at what's called Arizona Cornea Institute. And so I, I met her. She walked in the room. She was so young. I said, are you old enough to do this? That's what I said. And she laughed. She said, I know. She said, I'm a little older than I look. Now she looked, she's barely out of high school, but she looked and she said, look, I want to tell you something. I love what I do. And I'm one of the best at what I do. That's what she said to me. And she said, Mr. Wood, I don't know you, but I'm doing this because of Dr. Hernandez and Dr. Turner. They told me you're very special to them. I didn't ask them any more questions. I didn't tell her who I was. I didn't tell her I was a Christian. Didn't tell her I was a pastor, nothing. She said, here's your only bad news today. You're unchartable. You're 7.1 on these charts. It looks really bad, but I have to know exactly, are you 7.3 or are you 6.8? It's that intricate of a surgery if I do the cross-linking. So she said, here's the bad news. You got to have tests for another four hours. So she put me through testing for four more hours. I'd done three hours here, now almost four hours there. And she came back in the room and I was sitting there and she said, Mr. Wood, oh, I was standing. She said, I need you to sit down. She pointed at me. I need you to sit right there. And then she looked at me and she said, I need you to listen to me. I, 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 I never lose my humor. I said, does it say on my charts? He doesn't listen very well. <laughs> and she started laughing. She goes, no, no, Mr. Wood. She goes, look me in the eye. You don't have 7.1 stigma. You have 0.2. You have 0.2. And she said, everybody in America has point two. And I started to weep. No, listen, I didn't just cry. I started to shake. She said, Mr. Wood, are you okay? And then I finally pulled myself. I said, Dr. Shaw, I need to tell you something. Look, I'm a pastor. I'm a follower of Jesus. And yesterday before I flew out here, my intercessor asked me to go get prayed for after James, to be anointed with oil, James chapter 5, 14 and 15. 
And if you pray the prayer of faith, you'll be healed. And if you've sinned, your sins will be forgiven. And I looked at her and I said, did I get healed? She said, now it's hard for doctors to say these things, but you had a miracle. She said, you had a miracle. And she said, I got even better news for you. I can take the cataracts off your right eye. Come on, people. I can take them off. And, I, and I, I told her, I was still crying. And I said, I'm just praising God for what he did. And, uh, and, and, and then she said, I've got even better news. I thought, where's she going to stop, man? She said, I've got an opening on August 5th, but I got one more piece of news for you. You know, your chart said you had cataracts on your left eye. Remember I told you the second time the heat went through my whole head. She said, those cataracts are gone. And I said, Jesus, I was so grateful. And I said to her, did he fry those off my left eye? She goes, I'd use a different term than that. (laughs) But she laughed. Now listen, we become friends now. I gave her my book, by the way, after I went back for the cataract surgery on August 5th. I gave her my book and I said, look, you never had to read this entitled What Are the Odds? But God has done so many miracles in my life. I'm so grateful. And uh, so uh, after I gave her the book, I said, I'll be back. She said, do you want to do your follow-ups in Indiana? I said, no way. Come on, laugh. So when I met the surgeon here, you know, he asked me, how did you end up in Indiana? I said, I fell in love in the wrong city. Come on, people. And so he told me the same was true of him. So that's why we're both here. Now, listen. I love this city. I love you people. You guys have transformed my life. I've been here now nine years and you've literally transformed my life in my older years. And you continue to believe in me and we keep planting churches. We'll plant three new churches um, this coming year. We're at 23. Justin's blowing it out of the water. uh, Jay Harvey was in the first service. He's now planted over 24 churches in prison. Would you give God praise for that? It's amazing. Now, here's what I want to say to you. I'm not going to misuse what God did for me. I, when I see people do this, I'm always grieved. You know, they'll kind of look at you and say, if you'll do what I did, if you'll have the faith I had, then you could be healed. You know, I can't say that because first of all, Sandra had the faith for me to be anointed. Not me. It wasn't because I lacked anything. It's just I thought I'm accepting the problem that I have, but she didn't. So sometimes other people have faith for you. And like Glenn said, his faith was really little that day. The man sitting by the pool, Jesus said, do you want to be well? He never said yes, and Jesus still healed him. So don't, don't think if you do what I do, but I do want you to learn two words today that I don't ever want you to start, stop saying. At the end of this service, when I ask you to be courageous to ask for healing, I want you to say two words, why not? Say it with me, why not? Come on, say it a little louder, why not? Because when the Holy Spirit asks you to trust him, and to trust Jesus for, by his stripes we are healed. It's the only way we're healed. Amen. And sometimes we're healed through divine intervention that happened for me. But I've been healed many different ways. And so have many people. So divine intervention is one great way. And that's ecstatic. And we put our hands together. But it's no less divine intervention the second way that I'm going to teach you today. And that is I knew when I had my eye worked on and, and it healed and the surgery went perfectly and all that. And I got to see Dr. Shaw last week and I said, I get to tell our story on Sunday. She, was, she actually said to me, you're quite an author. I'm starting to believe your stories. Come on, people. That's awesome. So that's been awesome because God doesn't heal us for ourselves only. He heals us so that he might receive glory. So I'm praying that her life will be transformed by this. So, but the second way God heals us 
is through partnership, the partnerships of the doctor. So I still had to have my cataracts off, and she did that perfectly. And she said it went better than many of the cataract surgeries that I do. Sometimes we're healed through partnership. So at the same time, both of my ankles haven't been working for the last year. And so I went to see um, Dr. Herps over at Central Indiana Orthopedic, and I, I said, what can I do about this? My friend Mike Lunsford had had an ankle replacement. He was having trouble walking, and now he's walking the golf course. So I went in to see Dr. Herps. He did all the x-rays. He said, you have no stability. You have no ligaments from playing college sports. I mean, you have nothing left. You're bone on bone. And I had severe pain in my left ankle. Now here's, I just had an ankle replacement. And so I said, Dr. Herps, can you do this? He said, yes. I go, where do you get the ankle replacements? You're gonna love this story. He said, I get them. Don't worry about that, okay? So I went in to pay a copay one day, and I walked into his assistant's office, and on the wall, it says, world-renowned, Dr. Herps invents ankle replacement that hasn't broken off. Come on, people. In Muncie, Indiana. Come on, put your hands together. And I marched into his office. I didn't have an appointment. And I said, Dr. Herps, what's up? What do you mean you find these things? You invented this configuration. You know what he said to me very humbly? He said, Robin, when God helps you do something, you don't take credit. I said, you should be a preacher. <laughs> you shouldn't be a surgeon. He said, no, I had help with this with some assistance. And so I'm just grateful that I understand how to do this. I was so overwhelmed. Now, sometimes God heals us through partnership. Most of the healing happening physically in this world today is happening through partnership. There are times that God totally intervenes, like for me with my eye. And then there's other times that he heals us through the partnership of the doctors. And that's, look at me, that's no less divine intervention. That's still by his stripes we are healed. And by his power, he works through people like Dr. Herbs. I've told about Dr. Herbs everywhere I fly. You know, I haven't quit traveling. I was in Phoenix last week here at Justin Preach. I, I went down to Florida to see our church plants down there, met two more incredible church planters. You know, God keeps using us to tell the story. And now I'm bragging on Dr. Herbs and his humility before God. He's an awesome man of God. Now, here's the deal. You may need healing today, physically. It could be through divine intervention today. It could be through the doctor's. And here's the key. In that verse in James, when it says, call the elders of the church who will anoint you with oil, the word is alepho. Did you hear that? Alepho. It's only used two places in the New Testament. The other place is with what we call the Good Samaritan. It's not a, he is a Good Samaritan. It's just a Samaritan story. You remember? The robbers had beaten this man up, and the priest walked by on the other side of the road. Religious people walked by, but the Samaritan stopped. He had pity and compassion on this man. And it says, he poured alepho into his wounds. So alepho is never used. So when you're asked to pray in James to be anointed with oil, it is also seek out the best medical care. And so remember what the Samaritan said? He stayed the next day. He stayed overnight with this guy and continued to pour oil into his wound so he'd be healed. And then he said, if he needs more, I will pay for it when I get back. People, never, never don't seek out the best medical care. Seek it out. Amen. Seek it out because God's going to heal you in many different ways. Now, the third way that God heals us is probably the most painful 
to accept, but you need to accept this so that you can be completely whole. Is he heals us emotionally and even spiritually through a process. And that's divine intervention too. He died on the cross for you. He shed his, but didn't you sing that song about the blood? I wanted to start singing the blood that Jesus shed for me. Andre Krauts, how old are you? Come on, don't you know that song? It's his blood that heals us spiritually. He shed his blood for our sins and he shed his blood for our emotional healing. So I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. They're painful. Be ready to raise your hand and don't hold it down. Have you ever been betrayed by a friend? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All over here. Put it down, okay? Have you ever been betrayed by a family member? By the way, I'm not just showing you how to raise. I'm raising my hand. Have you ever been hurt by a coworker? Raise your hand. Or by a boss. Now here's tough. It gets tough. Have you ever been hurt by the church? I have. I'm going to ask you what's even more painful for me to even ask. Because I hate it when I've hurt people. Have you ever been hurt by a pastor? Yep. Now listen. I don't ever try to ever intentionally hurt anyone. And there have been times people said, you walked right by me this morning. And later I had to tell them because I had to go pee. Come on, people. (laughs) I didn't mean to walk by you. But I didn't defend myself. You know, I said, you needed to talk to me, so I'm sorry. So let's talk. Never defend yourself as a pastor. Say, look, I want to be there for you. Recently, in the last two weeks, my brother, who's only a year older than me, had been disappeared for 18 years of my life, has gone through critical times where he shut all of us out. And recently we've reconnected. It's been a beautiful thing, I thought, just beautiful. But he's a hurting person. He has a very difficult life. And two weeks ago, something happened to a friend of his. It was tragic what happened to a friend. And he called me and I prayed with him on the phone. And listen, I was flying to Florida to be with three churches. I'm not defending myself. That night I didn't call again. And the next day, he unloaded on me. Look at me, people. I wept. I can't read you the text. He cursed at me. He told me I was the most horrible brother. And I've done nothing but be there for my brother. I love him. He's had a hard life. He's had pain in his life in ways I wish he didn't have. But he just unloaded. I couldn't even tell my wife. I didn't tell her. She heard about it yesterday. I was talking through my sermon with Glenn. And she was sitting in the other room. She didn't know. Because I didn't want to unload on her. And I'm I'm so broken. I had to be prayed for again for emotional healing. And I'm going to ask for that this morning. Because when we've been hurt, you wonder, is this ever going to stop? Is this ever going to stop? And right now, you may be thinking of your children that feel that they've hurt you. Or you are a parent and you feel that you've hurt your kids. Listen, don't leave this place without saying, why not? Say it with me. Come on. But add a word to it, would you? Why not me? Come on, say it. Come on, say it one more time. Why not me? Why not today? Why not me? Because you need healing. So I'll be anointed again for this brokenness with my brother that I know I didn't cause. But hurting people hurt people. And so if you're called to follow Jesus, 
he asks you to not hurt them back. He does. He asks you not to hurt them back. The Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh in 2 Corinthians 12. He said he prayed three times that God would take it away. He begged God to take it away. But God said, and by the way, the thorn is an emotional dagger. It's not physical. It's an emotional dagger inside him in the Greek. And God said, my grace is sufficient. It's not the answer I want. I want the divine intervention. Come on. I want total healing on the spot. But he says, I'm going to heal you over time. And I want you to be a healing person. Be a wounded healer back. Now, the final way that we get healed completely, don't pray for this today, it's death. Come on, don't claim it. Don't claim it. But you're going to ultimately be healed through death. Now, it's not the worst thing because as we get older, my in-laws are 91, they're, they're precious, but they think about Jesus all the time. Our attitude starts to change as we move towards eternity that ultimately we're going to be healed completely. And the text is Revelation 21. Listen to this text. I saw a new heaven and earth, John wrote. He was exiled on the Isle of Patmos and he wrote the book of Revelation. He had a revelation of what was to come for all of us. He said, I saw a new heaven and an earth and the old earth was taken away. Now listen to this phrase. I know you've missed it. And there was no more sea, S-E-A. Some versions say no more oceans. Now, when I read that, I said, Lord, I want water in heaven. Come on, people. I want water in heaven. But that's not what it means. You know what it means? When I dug into it deeper, always dig into the scriptures. What's that phrase about? He had been exiled on the island of Patmos. He had been exiled from the church. He had been exiled from the people he loved the most. He was dying alone and isolated. And then he saw a new heaven and new earth that someday... There'd be no more sea separating him from the relationships in his life. Look at me, people. Isn't that beautiful? Never be separated again. We've lost some people in this life, but a day is coming that we won't be separated from them. That is total healing. Yeah, you put your hands together for that one. That's total healing. And I know if you're young, you're not thinking about that, but you got to embrace that because that's the power of Jesus to bring healing in every way to us. Now listen, I want to end with one story. Actually two, once in this life and one's in the Bible. How do we get healing? Say it one more time, why not me? And I want you to say, why not today? Here's the deal. Naaman was a mighty warrior. Read it in 2 Kings chapter five. He was a valiant warrior. He was powerful. He'd gained the respect of the whole nation because he had conquered uh, nations. His own king honored him and he loved God, but he had leprosy. This was the most dreaded disease of his time. And he had leprosy. And after he conquered one nation and some people in Israel, they took on a servant girl from Israel for his wife. And one day when Naaman was thinking about his pain over this leprosy, the servant girl said, Naaman, there's a prophet in Israel. And if you go and ask him to pray over you, you could be healed. Now, when you're desperate people, 
you'll do whatever. So Naaman asked permission from his king. He took gold and silver and, and, and flocks to give away as a gift. And he went to Israel. He went first to the king. And he said, king, can you heal me? And the king tore his clothes and said, I can't heal anybody. This is not for, my, for me to do. This is for God. And so Elisha heard about the king tearing his clothes and saying he couldn't heal Naaman. And he said, send him to me. Now, if you don't know this story, make it one of your stories you know inside out. So Naaman went to the prophet Elisha and he expected the prophet to come out like Glendon and anoint me and pray over me and proclaim healing. But when he got to Elisha's house, Elisha didn't go out. He didn't make a big scene. He sent out a messenger and told him to go wash in the Jordan River seven times. Look at me, people. That's like going to the White River. Come on, get it in your head. In fact, Naaman was so angry, he goes, he didn't even come out to meet me. He didn't come out to pray for me. He didn't even anoint me. And he went away furious and angry with leprosy. He started walking away from his healing. And some of us have become bitter towards God because we didn't get what we asked for. And so he started going away. And when they stopped at a resting place, one of the servants said, if he'd asked you to do something great, you would have done it. But he asked you to humble yourself and wash in the dirty Jordan River seven times. And you wouldn't do it. You need to listen to the prophet. So he went to the Jordan River. Now you got to picture this. You know he's already angry. He dips once and said, see, nothing's happening. He dipped twice, nothing's happening. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth time. And I bet you there was a thought in his mind, I'm not going to do this. But he did the seventh time. And he came up, his skin was pure. Now listen. My daughter fell in love at Anderson University with a guy named Aaron Harrell. She started dating him. They fell for each other pretty quickly. And one day at the mailboxes, he pulled out a piece of paper and he, he was ecstatic. And he said, I became a Marine today. And she goes, could we talk about that? Come on. <laughs> he goes, what? You've never told me. He goes, I became a Marine. I'm going to be a Marine pilot. And she said, oh, please, could you think of something else? And he said, no, we need to talk. I've dreamed about this since I was four years old. And so he dreamed of becoming a pilot. And so they were in love with each other. And finally, Leah said, I love my daughter. I'll go anywhere you go. And she has. She's moved over 16 times. And she's never asked, except I'll go with you. So when they were dating, you know how we are as parents. We started asking, does he go to church? Come on, enjoy me. Does he go to church? Is he good to you? Does he treat you, treat you like a queen? Does he totally cherish you? And then Leah would say, you know, dad, he, he loves God, but he doesn't go to church unless I go with him. And that, you know, that kind of bothers a pastor. Come on, enjoy me. So I didn't say anything. I didn't say it bothered me. You know, always keep it to yourself, parents. Don't tell you what you're thinking. And I said, okay. So Leah was out of town one day. I didn't know any part of this story. And I just felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to call Aaron. I found out that one of my favorite communicators named David Schultz was preaching at Eastside Church of God. At the time, Eastside was just flourishing. 
And he's one of my favorite communicators. And one of the greatest messages I ever heard him preach was on Naaman. But I didn't know what he was preaching on. I just called Aaron and said, Aaron, will you humble yourself and go to church without Leah? He goes, Dad, it's okay. I love God. Aaron, listen to me. I'm going to ask you for me. For me, will you go hear my, one of my favorite speakers? So he went. And he preached on Naaman. And at the end of the service, he said, I think there's a number of people here, especially some young people, that have never humbled themselves and come to an altar of prayer. You say you love God, but you've never come. I did not know that the Friday before I asked him to go to that service, he had taken an eye test with the Marines and he had failed it. You don't get a second chance. They called him later and said, we had a little trouble with the equipment today. We're not sure. We're going to give you one more chance in two weeks. And David Schultz said, someone needs to come and ask for healing. And Aaron is 6'5", buff guy. I love so much. He's a father of my three grandkids. He got up and he walked to an altar. He had never done it. He knelt down. And David Schultz said, I felt electricity go through my body. 80, 90 people came forward and I, and I was solely focused on him. And I went down and I said, son, tell me what you need. And he told me about his eye test. He said, I anoint you. By his stripes, you are healed. I anoint you in the power of Jesus. And he, he didn't know he's my son-in-law. And he prayed over him. And two weeks later, he passed that eye test perfectly. He's gone on to be a blue angel. Now he's out of that, but he was the main spokesperson and he would always tell about Jesus. He would always be the spokesman that would lift up Jesus because he doesn't just heal you for you. He heals you for your witness. And that day he said, why not me? Would you say it one more time? Why not me? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus. Would you pierce our hearts? Some of us need healing so badly. We need it emotionally like I do with my brother. We need it spiritually. We need it physically. We need our sins to be forgiven. And Lord, I pray that today, in Jesus' name, by your stripes, that we would be healed. And Lord, that we would trust for that anointing. And Lord, that we would humble ourselves and come forward. Because only you can heal us. Only you can forgive our sins. And I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stay seated today for one reason. First of all, if you're young, young enough and can walk, we're going to have five or six pastors up front. They're going to anoint you with oil. And I want you to tell them what you're praying for. If it's emotional healing, if it's to come to Jesus, it's to repent of your sins. If it's physical healing... Whatever it is, I want you to tell them that. And listen, if you're older like I am right now, I'm having trouble standing here, then you can stay where you are. And if you stand where you are, one of the pastors will come to you. In the first service, so many stood. We went to them. Would you humble yourself? Because he's the healer. Listen to this song. We pray for your healing. And would you, would you just get out of your seats and start to come if you need healing? Humble yourself.